0: Badlands listeners are you here are you with me are you too tired to go to bed too riled up to stay home I know I am this is another podcast that comes after the podcast welcome to Badlands the rap party welcome to the Badlands bonus episode another thing we like to call the rap party just like that other show, this is a show that comes after the show, a voyage from one episode of Badlands to the other, the backlot breakdown of sorts. On this episode, we are talking about Will Smith, Summertime Jams, HBO's The Idol, and just like that other show, we are digging into your movie and television-focused voicemails, text, DMs, and more, so Badlands listeners, let's get into it. Yes, 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 you know what time it is, that time of the week where the trucks roll up, the gear gets packed, and we yell, wrap it up, because, baby, it's Will Smith, and Will Smith is in your feed. Will Smith, Will Smith, in 1989, 1989, way back, shortly after he won his first Grammy Award, the first Grammy Award, by the way, awarded to a hip-hop artist, Will Smith was just 20 years old, all right, and he was arrested arrested he is charged with assault after a brawl at a Philly radio station had left one man nearly blind. The incident nearly ended Will Smith's career before it even really got started. But Will Smith, he overcame this challenge. Will Smith is a beast. Will Smith will manifest himself into being the highest paid, most charismatic actor on the planet. Will Smith, this was nothing for Will Smith to overcome, but still it was worthy of a Badlands episode. And then, of course, decades later, the 2022 Academy Awards, you know what happened. Will Smith acted like, well, I don't want to get into it here. We get into it in the Badlands episode on Will Smith. You can check out my take over there on Will Smith and the whole Chris Rock thing. But before... All that. Back when Will Smith was only 17 years old, he signed a bad record contract with a bad dude, and then he went to court to get himself out of that contract. And when he did, that bad dude got pissed, and all kinds of bad shit went down that ended up with Will Smith in jail, and it almost derailed his career, like I said. And again, listen to the latest episode of Badlands for the full story. What I want to talk about here in the bonus episode is Will Smith as an entertainer. He's incredible, all right? you gotta, you got to give it up to the guy, even if you're not a Will Smith fan. On pure talent, he might be one of the best to ever do it. Well, he's definitely one of the best all-around entertainers, anyways. As an actor, uh, that's obviously where the guy shines. And I think that as an actor, he occupies the same lane as Tom Cruise. That big, huge, blockbuster charisma. Even if you're not interested in whatever movie Will Smith is in... You can't take your eyes off him when he's on the screen. He's got that undefinable it in buckets. And yeah, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince was a cheeseball act. But you're really going to hold it against him? It's like holding uh, uh, the Funky Bunch against Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> like, we got to get over it, guys. <laughs> These guys have gone on to do incredible things. Uh and, you know, still, I mean, Mark Wahlberg never had a hit like Summertime, like like Will Smith did with DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. And Summertime is a fucking banger, is what I'm saying. And I bet if Will Smith stayed focused solely on music, he would have matured into an iconic hip-hop star and producer, a la someone like Diddy or Jay-Z. But Will Smith, just too talented, man. No one-trick pony. He's the dual threat, on record and on screen, and really on screen the reason I can tolerate Will Smith and all his cheesiness and all this sort of middle of the road, mainstreamy thing that I don't really go for, but I'm a sucker for at the same time. And and when it's like really done at the highest level, it's just the talent is freaking undeniable with the guy. He's so talented and so charismatic. Uh, Of course, I mentioned at the top, I get into it in the episode. I'm going to mention it again here. The Chris Rock thing. I think that was bullshit. I don't care what you say about will smith's reasoning um and you know i don't again i don't i don't want to come off as some like dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince fan i'm not summertime's great that's all i'm saying it's great it's fucking great uh, song's awesome. And, you know, it just as it pertains to Will Smith, I like maybe 50% of the films the guy's in. I don't love everything. Uh, but again, you can't deny that talent, that big, massive American movie star talent. It's just too big to fucking ignore. And we got to give it up to the guy. And the fact that the dude made it, like I said on record and on screen, respect, okay? He's Will Smith. And, you know, Will Smith, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to be around forever. He's going to be making great movies. And perhaps maybe sometime in the future, again, maybe great music. I don't know. I hear the dude's even got a podcast, but that's another story. Will Smith is the type of star that is super rare and worthy of discussion and debate. And he's perfect for Badlands. That's what I'm saying. It's an obvious question. But who is or who was the best dual threat music and movie artist of all time? Will Smith, music and film artist of all time. Will Smith? Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra, Barbara Streisand. Let's go way back. Judy Garland, Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube. Who am I forgetting? 617-906-6638. And let me know who you think the best star to do it on both stages is, on record and on screen. Is it Will Smith? If so, why? If not, then who? 617-906-6638. Let me know. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in a flash on the other side here with some of your calls and some of your texts. Yes, yes. Summer, summer, summer time. Let me sit back and unwind. We are back and going to dive in here, uh, dive into the best music moment from this Badland subject. This is an easy one. It's Will Smith. Like I said, he made music in addition to films. Um, and for me, that best music moment, it's the single Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. This song comes on. I'm turning it up. I'm leaning back. I'm chilling out. I'm grabbing another cold can of beer. The song is iconic. Released in 1991. Stone Cold Classic. Immediately. Goes to number one on the Billboard R&B and on the Billboard rap charts. Uh, number one on both of them. And then it goes all the way to number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Mariah Carey's Don't Wanna Cry was number one at that time, in case you're wondering. Summertime, though, obviously the better jam to me anyways, but I get it if you think otherwise. Tough to argue with Mariah. Did Mariah have a summertime jam, though, like Summertime by DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince? I don't know. Does she from her catalog? I have no idea. Uh, Could she match Will Smith when it came to the summertime jam? (laughs) Who knows? Uh, She certainly couldn't match him with acting credits or can't can't match him, excuse me, with acting credits. But you can't falter for that. Few can. Uh, Not sure about the summertime jams, like I said, from Mariah. Will Smith's got it on lock. Of course, there are other... Great Summertime Jams. Summertime Blues by Eddie Cochran, right up there, right at the top. Summer in the City by The Love and Spoonful. I never have to hear that song again in my fucking life. Hot Fun in the Summertime by Sly and the Family Stone, great song. The Other Side of Summer by Elvis Costello, mid-career Elvis. Summer Breeze by the Isley Brothers. Uh, Zeth wanted me to point out that there's a dope six-minute version that's his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get enough of those Isleys. Uh, That's Summer Feeling. Great one by Jonathan Richmond, Modern Lovers. Summer Babe. Another great one by Pavement. It Must Be Summer by Fountains of Wayne. 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail. Let me know what your favorite summertime jam is. 617-906-6638. Text me. Send me a voicemail. uh, Like we got here from the 808. Her name was Deborah. Little Jarvis Cocker reference there. Okay, Deb. Deb from the 808. Let's hear what she's got to say.
1: Hi, my name is Deborah. <laughs> okay, Carrie Fisher. My favorite movie of, with her in it is when Harry met Sally, and the most funniest part of that movie is when she's uh, trying to get Meg Ryan to find new boyfriend. And a lot of your younger listeners won't know this, but she pulled out a Rolodex, flipping cards around, and uh, dog tailed one of them because the guy I don't remember got married or died or something. It was absolutely hysterical. It's way more iconic than her Star Wars Princess Leia. Uh, I just want to throw in something else. When Pulp Fiction, I was one of my most Favorite movies of all time. Um, uh, the first scene, the bullet holes are actually in the scene before it, they get bullet holes. I mean, before a guy shoots at them, it's hysterical because if you watch it, I'm telling you, the bullet holes are already in the scene. And I loved that. I caught that. All right. Um, love your show. And
0: talk to you uh, uh, later. Bye. Deborah. thanks for the voicemail. Uh, I'm going to rewatch When Harry Met Sally. You know why? I'm in this fucking 90s wormhole right now. I was talking with a friend about this just yesterday. Or was it this morning? I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was both. I can't remember. Uh, I'm consumed by 90s stuff right now. I don't know why. I just am. I long for a simpler time. And I can't believe how long ago the 90s were. It just blows my mind. Um, But anyways, yeah, I'll go back. I'll watch Harry Met Sally. But more important to your point, I don't know why you brought up this Pulp Fiction thing. But uh, I'm here for it. It's totally true. It's I've known this. The bullet holes are in the wall before the gun goes off. Okay? Okay. (laughs) Pretty fucked up that that mistake was allowed. I assume it was allowed to remain in the cut of the film because they couldn't do it any other way. They had to do it to get the edit the way they wanted. Uh, It was a mistake that they couldn't fix. That's what I'm guessing the story was. But if anybody knows the story, the actual story, or if anybody worked on Pulp Fiction that's out there, if anyone knows what happened, why... The bullets are in the wall. I'm sure Tarantino has addressed this before. Why those bullets are in the wall before the gun even goes off in that scene with the Tasty Burger, uh, let me know. Hit me up, 617-906-6638. We want to get into it. We'll, uh, we'll get into it here in the Badlands bonus episode. All right, let's hear from the 929.
2: Hi, Dante here, a long-time listener, 1st thing caller. Um, here's the deal. I'm listening to the last bonus episode. The mayor of Easttown is um, the, the Kate Winslet show. The Mayor of Kingstown is the Jeremy Renner show. The, the only connection is the titles, you know, but there is no other connection to those shows at all. The, the Jeremy Renner show is actually really good. You should give it a shot. It's been on for a couple seasons so far. Uh, besides that, I, I concur with a couple other people. Rescue Me was amazing. I've been a big fan of Quantum Leap. That The new one's been pretty good. I'm a big fan of the original one, just from growing up on it. Um, and the only other thing I could think of is, you know, Navy stuff that people haven't brought up, like the Seven Peg Space Show that was on BBC or um, Misfits with Joe Gilgum and uh, one of the, the guy who plays Klaus on Umbrella Academy. Um, that was a good show, too. Um, besides that, thanks for the pod. Thanks for everything. And uh, thanks for the hours of entertainment. God bless, man.
0: Ah, yes. The mayor of Kingstown. The mayor of Kingstown not the mayor of Easttown. You know, it's very unfortunate that those two series uh, share those common, share that similarity with their names there. Um, I swear though, two people, my stepfather being one of them, and then a texter or a voicemail per, uh, or, or someone who voicemailed, Hit 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 me up and mention Jeremy Renner in reference to the mayor of Easttown. My stepfather definitely did, one hundred percent did. I remember exactly where he was. So those two things combined uh, had me watching the last episode, the series finale of the mayor of Easttown and waiting for this big Jeremy Renner moment. I thought it was like this one huge thing. I'm like, why would Jeremy Renner even be in this fucking thing if he's only going to be in one episode? And he it must be this like really insane thing that happens. This iconic surprise that we're going to remember forever. It's going to be like the crying game or something like that. Um, Never happened, of course, and now we know why. Because Jeremy Renner is not in the mayor of Town because the 929 has got it right. He's in the mayor of Kingstown, which, thank you for reminding me of this show. I have wanted. I saw the trailer for this when it came out. I'm like, I want to watch this shit. This looks like, even if it's something where I'm not really into it, I'm into the subject matter. I think it's set in Rhode Island. Cops, gangsters, right, right up my alley. Um, I'm going to check that out. Thanks, 929. Okay, let's go to the 602 who's got some heist movie recommendations.
2: Yo, Jake, heist movies. Uh, Lock, Stock, and Double Barrel. I might have said that wrong. Anyway, uh, the director made also a couple great movies. He made Snatch. He made Rock and Rolla. Fucking badass movies. All right, you're amazing. Love your shows. Hey.
0: All right, 602. Thanks for the heist Rex. Um I feel like we gotta do some like heist movie marathon or something, guys. Something uh something communal on the heist movie thing. We gotta we gotta make heist movies an actual genre that you can search and select from on Netflix and on Apple. That's my goal in life. No, it's not. But it would be something fun, some good reason to get into a bunch of heist movies. Some, how do we do some virtual, like, movie marathon? Can we, get to, can we get together on, like, what the top five heist movies are? I'll figure out, maybe I'll figure out some way to poll you where we can actually take the results and come up with a list, watch them, and then talk about it. I don't know. Seems like fun. I got nothing else going on. I don't know what you guys are up to for the next few weeks, but I could get into this. Heist movies. Heist, heist, heist. All right, let's read some text. All right, the 808 writes in for a fun heist movie. See what I did there? Take a chance at quick change. Bill Murray and Gina Davis are top notch. Though it's more about what happens getting away from the heist than the actual heist itself. Well, all right. I like that. Never heard of that. I'm into it. I'm into anything Bill Murray pretty much. Okay, the 716, you are confusing two shows. Mayor of Easttown is quite different from Mayor of Kingstown. Both really good shows, exclamation point. I know we just uh, went through this, uh, but I will just respond by saying it's not the Mayor of Easttown. It's the Mayor of Easttown, which I'm sure you meant to write 716. You just messed it up. 716 also says, hello, Jake. My son is laid up with a sprained ankle, so I spent a rare Saturday night at home watching Air with him. Air, air. Air. A little bit of a slow start, but it was a great movie. The nostalgia was spot on. Between the excellent soundtrack and all the product and commercials slipped in, I found myself longing to return to my 10-year-old self. I feel myself feeling that way at least once a week these days. I don't know why. Highly recommend. I have four athletic kids and learned so much about the sneakers. I've been buying them for years and lots more about the Converse I still wear. Nicole in Buffalo. Nicole! You send good texts. I'm going back here and I'm realizing I've I've read a lot of your texts, Nicole. Keep it coming. All right, let's see what else we got. All right, the 607 writes, subject, hey, Jake, Pat, parentheses, male, not female, long text. And I love your efforts at engagement in addition to all your podcasts. I'm with you on Star Wars. I like it, but don't love it. However, when it came out, There had been nothing quite like it before. The main characters were underdogs, and everyone loves an underdog. This is true. They were also relatable and enduring over four-plus decades. My favorite Disgraceland episodes. Wow, Pat just switched gears there very quickly. Uh, Gigi Allen, so outrageous. Cardi B, whoa! Quite a diversion there. And Sam Cooke. I'm not interested in any of their music, but the stories were so compelling. Last, I want to push back gently. I added gently. Feels like he's pushing back gently. Last, I want to push back gently on your Boston Celtics rant. I have no dog in the fight, and at some point, you have to give credit to Miami just being the better team. Better individual players, Boston, does not equate to a better team. Pat, that's my fucking point. Exactly. I'm going to read the rest of what Pat says here. The Heat beat the top seed in a sweet Milwaukee, crushed the Knicks, and nearly swept Boston. Plus, they've already taken one on the road against Denver. I agree that Boston was fully capable, but it was outplayed and outcoached. It doesn't sound like you're uh, pushing back on me there, Pat. On the Celtics, it sounds like you're agreeing with me. But uh, you, those of you guys who don't know what I'm talking about, this is the Celtics thing we're talking about in the Disgrace and bonus episode. the After party episodes on how the, dis- the fucking Celtics are dead to me. If you really want to hear that, it's over there check that out all right uh what else we got here for text for text for text from the 412 uh sending me pics uh looks like sending me pics of uh you go you and your 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 loved one making out i get it you're you're happy that's cool um but, uh, yeah, I'm going to move on from that right now. Let's, uh, maybe I'll come back to it some other time. Don't know. 918 says, uh, uh, Blues Brothers is awesome. Loved Animal House. Yes. Yes, it is. Definitely. Uh, stop yelling at me, 918. Let's see here. 585. At the end of this week's Badlands bonus episode, you mentioned people talking about Jeremy Renner. Yes. It's probably because of Mayor of Kingstown. Yes. He's a main character on the show. Yes, we know. All right, from the 307. Uh Jake, I live in Colorado and just backrolled Badlands Spider Savage thought it was the funniest thing I've ever heard except for my old Bill Cosby LPs. Really. Well, I don't know what it's what I think about being compared to Bill Cosby um 307, but you know, I'll report back at some other point. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 from the 916. Hey, Jake, Tony, T O N I, from 916. Love both podcasts, Listen to The After Party and The Rap Party. And I know I missed the boat on top five 80s horror movies. Yes, you did. But you're mentioning American Werewolf in London, and that's one of my favorites too there, Tony. So that's why I'm reading this, even though you're way late. All right, what else we got? Mayor of Kingstown from the 630. Mayor of Kingstown is with Jeremy Renner from the 714. Mayor of Kingstown is Jeremy Renner show from the 440. Jeremy Renner is in Mayor of Kingstown on Paramount. Damn. Has the Mayor of Kingstown gotten this much heat since it came out? I don't know. Maybe they should be sending me some promo checks. What else we got here? Let's do one more. From the 303. Jake, you handsome motherfucker. Love the show. Paul from the 904. Duval for all the sports fans. I don't know what that means. Just finished listening to Badlands. All right, more Mayor Kingstown bullshit. What else we got? Uh, Let's see. The 303 goes on to recommend. Uh, Oh, wait. The Mayor of Kingstown is Taylor Sheridan? Now I'm definitely watching this. Didn't know that. That's the guy who did Yellowstone. And also Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone, which I started and I never finished. Not for any reason. I just didn't finish it. Anyway, I just wanted to uh, clarify for your benefit. Well, thank you, 303. Keep up the great work. Rock All right. Let's do some DM, shall we? You can also, you know, you guys can text me. You can voicemail me, 617-906-6638. But you can also hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DisgracelandPod. And TikTok. I tend to subs- I tend to reply on TikTok uh, in the app uh, in the comments uh, when I get to it, which isn't enough. I'm slow to the TikTok, but let's go do some DMs here. All right, James the II writes, uh, Darth Vader, best Star Wars character, iconic villain, the voice, the suit from his rise as a Jedi to the tragic fall into the dark side, the book, The Dark Lord. All right, The Rise of Darth Vader. That's a great start, rock Well, thanks, dude. You know, Darth Vader might be my favorite character from, uh, from being honest from the after party. And uh, I like to call my agent Orin Darth Vader as well. Um, I don't know why. I just do, it's it's fitting. It's fitting. If you knew him, you'd know what I mean. Good dude. All right, from Coco Cookie on Instagram. Here is my succession connection. Somewhere around 2005, I was working on a project overseas at an archeological site. There were also volunteers from the US working at the site, some of which I got to know a little bit. One lady with a cool name was very quiet but super friendly. A few days after she left the site, I overheard some of the other volunteers mention that she was an actress because they had recognized her from the show Reno 911. I think that was a new show at the time and had a cult following but wasn't yet popular in Canada. So was not on my radar. Needless to say, the next time I see her was when the preview for the Reno 911 movie plays while I was at the theater. And that actress, Mary Birdsong, also plays Greg's mother on Succession. She's a Roy! All right, Coco. I love that. Good story. What else we got here? More horror films. We're kind of past the horror films. Uh, All right, back to the heist stuff. We got a we got a we got a text here from uh, who's this Chelsea Stardust? But meaning to send this oh this is kind of all over the place. But meaning to send this Chelsea's a director. Uh, movie recommendations. Knowing what your top five faves are, I think you'll dig these if you haven't already seen them. Thief. 1981, directed by Michael Mann, since you're re Heat, starring James Caan, score by Tangerine Dream. Also, if you haven't seen Michael Mann's 1986 film, Manhunter, I highly recommend that, too. Based on the Thomas Harris novel, Red Dragon, it came out years before Jonathan Demi's Silence of the Lambs. I have seen Thief numerous times, Chelsea. I think it's fucking great. And uh, Manhunter is actually on the Criterion app right now, and uh, I got it queued up. I'm ready to go. Blue Thunder, 1983, directed by John Badham, starring Roy Scheider, Warren Oates. Love Warren Oates. I actually wanted to start a band at one time called War and Oats, but, you know, that time's passed. Maybe it'll be a restaurant. I don't know. Uh, starring Warren Oates and Daniel Stern. I don't know anything about Blue Thunder. I got to look this up. Sorcerer, 1977, directed by William Friedkin. That's the dude who did The Exorcist starring Roy Scheider. Also has a Tangerine Dream score. Uh, Wow. Sorcerer. Clute, seen it. Great. Blowout, seen it. Great. Good Rex here, Chelsea. Thank you so much, guys. Those are some solid recommendations there. If you're looking for movies to watch, Chelsea's got you hooked up. All righty. Let's check out the Facebook machine over there where some people are very pissed off at me for um, for spoiling succession for them, which, you know, there was a giant fucking spoiler alert in the last bonus episode before I went into talking about succession. So I don't know what you guys are upset about. I'm not going to address you independently. But uh, I'm just doing it, you know, separately, generally here. All right. All right. So Scott writes in on Facebook a few weeks behind, but I heard the idea about an episode on Creed Bratton, not Barton. Great idea. Let me know if you want an intro. He's my (laughs) father-in-law. Fuck yeah, man. Hold on. I'm going to respond to this guy. Uh, Scott on Facebook. Would love that. Responding. In real time, in bonus episode now. Hit me, Zeth. Let's uh, let's figure out this Creed Bratton episode. <laughs> Hanging brain. All right, Tia Bay. Did you ever see? Come back to the five and dime. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. I never have. Sounds like it's a James Dean reference. What's that all about? be on Facebook? Let me know. All right. You guys know how to hit me up. At Disgrace Slam Pod, okay? You can hit me up like everyone you just heard mentioned here. And uh, we can get into it. Get into your movies. Get into your summertime jams. Get into your favorite dual threats on stage and behind the mic on screen. Let me know. 617-906-6638 or at Disgraceland Pod, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And where else? I'm everywhere. Facebook, right? Yeah, there we are. There we there you have it. All right, gonna take a quick break. Be back in a minute with some recommendations. All right, this is the other recommendations part, the part of the other show where we recommend the movies and television content, the recommendations part, the part where you send me all your weird and awesome movie recommendations, and we discuss the movie and TV recommendations part right here in the Badlands Rap Party bonus episode. Okay, let's start with Will Smith movies, Enemy of the State with Gene Hackman, Jack Black and Regina King, Independence Day, Six Degrees of Separation, Men in Black, all the whole damn franchise, the Bad Boys franchise, Pursuit of Happiness, iRobot, Ali, King Richard... That's what he won Best Actor for, the now infamous Chris Rock Oscars. Um That's, I don't think, a full list of Will Smith movies, but I got to say, some great ones on there. Enemy of the State, my favorite. Have you guys seen this? Fucking fantastic. Uh, Six Degrees of Separation. I saw that a long, long time ago. I remember it as being great. I need to see it again. What's your favorite Will Smith movie? 617-906-6638. Now for stuff that I am actually watching that I would recommend to you guys. I know it's getting hated on. I know people can't fucking stand it. I know there's a million think pieces on the internet right now about how it sucks. I know Twitter fucking despises it. I know the music industry could give a shit about it. I know that I don't care about any of that. I watched the first episode of a HBO's The Idol. And I fucking loved it. I loved it. And by loved it, I mean, I'm not, you know, writing poetry about it at night, but I was excited. I was thinking about it the next day and I'm excited to see the next episode of it. Okay. The weekend plays this fucking creep. And I had no idea the guy had it in him. I loved him in Uncut Gems. I thought he was in it for like five seconds, but he was cool. And this like, I don't know, man, it's highly stylized. Kind of reminds me of like this is gonna sound fucked up. You're gonna roll your eyes, film people, but it's it feels like a a Brett Easton Ellis thing and a Robert Altman thing all mixed together. If you if you've seen the first episode and the whole like uh, daytime uh, dance by the pool scene that's going on, it's very Altman esque in the way that the dialogue is handled, and I love that. And it's actually handled with 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 real professionalism and care where you can actually hear everything that's going on and understand it. Uh, you can't always in some of the Altman stuff, which is by design, I know, but still I just loved it. And I got, I was into the highly stylized piece of it. Um, now I know it's problematic. I know that there's a, a lot of stuff to be discussed, but I think that's what great art should be doing. It should be prompting us to talk about it. Uh, if you haven't seen The Idol on HBO, go watch it. If you hate it like it seems most of America does, tell me why you do and tell me why I'm wrong because I want to know. alright zero six 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 three eight. You know how to get in touch with me. I hope this show continues to get better and I hope that... Um, or at least stay interesting, right? Not get better. I don't mean to say that because it is already really good. Um, I'm also watching Seth Rogan's new new series on uh, on Apple called Platonic. It's it's funny. It's good. It's it's what, what I need at the end of the night to just kind of come down in 30 minutes. Check that out if you haven't seen it. 617-906-6638. Hit me with your TV and movie recommendations. Let me know what you're watching. You can also hit me, like I said, at this Graceland pod on socials. Quick break, drinking some tea, coming back right after this to wrap this puppy up. All right, let's recap the obvious Will Smith episode of Badlands. It's available right now on your feed. Go check that out. Next week, number two, next week in Badlands, we've got a new episode on another Smith, Ms. Anna Nicole Smith, okay? Number three, over in the Disgraceland feed, we've got a new episode on Jeff Buckley available for you right now and another new episode on Jimi Hendrix. It's coming next week, okay? Number four, call me, 617-906-6638. Keep this Badlands movie conversation, television conversation stoked, All right. Number five, I got a split, going to go hit some balls with my son, going to go drink some tea, got other podcasts to record, I got music videos to watch. So, right now, a second dose of bliss from yours truly in honor of this week's Badlands episode, me reading the script from Will Smith's most excellent enemy of the state. Fade in, exterior, Shenandoah National Park, scenic view lot, morning. Shenandoah Mountains, a cold dawn, two black town cars sit side by side facing a view of a farming valley below. Two men in dark suits and long coats stand near the cars, casually on the lookout. If we caught a glimpse underneath the coat of the taller of the two, we'd see that he was carrying a nine-millimeter Glock. Interior, black town car, continuous. In the back seat of the car sit Hammersley and Reynolds, each well-kept and in his early fifties. Reynolds. I know thy works and thy labor, and how thou canst not bear them that are evil. And thou hast tried them who say they are apostles and hast found them to be liars. Revelations 2. Hammersley, the hell does that mean? Reynolds, it means whose side are you on? Hammersley, you didn't ask me to meet you 30 miles from my office for a Bible study class. Reynolds, it's a bipartisan issue. Everyone needs to swallow hard. No one, including you, wants to be fingered as the one who struck in the efforts to crack down on terrorism, man. Hammersley, fuck you. Reynolds, what? Hammersley, I said, QUIT TALKING AND START MIXING! CUT